Hey all, Eric Christensen here from Real Life Pharmacology. I am your host and pharmacist. I try to provide you guys some real life clinical practice pearls, which also uh, can definitely help you throughout your pharmacology courses in school, um, as well as just out in uh, practice as you become a physician, a pharmacist, nurse practitioner, a nurse, um, just trying to ultimately uh, help our patients be safe uh, with uh, appropriate uh, medication use. So today we're going to cover fentanyl pharmacology. And fentanyl is a mu opioid agonist. So it basically desensitizes the central nervous system to pain signals. Remember that opioids in general, they do not alter uh, the sight of the pain in any way, shape, or form. So if you sprain your ankle or you have a surgery or something like that and you take an opioid, it's not going to alter, it's not going to help at that location, but it will help kind of block the pain signals from that location to the central nervous system. So that's kind of how, uh, in general, opioid drugs work mechanistically. Uh, with their side effect profile, uh, it is very significant. And as I'm sure you've seen throughout the news, we're having all sorts of trouble uh, with the opioid crisis and the risk of uh, addiction and abuse and dependence and tolerance and things of, of that nature. So uh, that is high on the priority list uh, when I want you guys to think about opioids. Um, and that risk, uh, particularly with opioid overdose, is respiratory depression. So the drugs work on the respiratory tract and they shut down uh, breathing is essentially what they do, and that's how people end up going to the emergency room or end up dying as well. So um, big risk there with fentanyl. I, I do want to mention specifically, uh, you will hear uh, fentanyl used as a street drug. And um, I did go to a conference. Uh, it was a great conference with um, DEA folks. So these are uh, folks in, in charge of the uh, enforcement of um, you know, drug laws and controlled substances and things like that. And uh, they recognize some concerns, some issues with um, fentanyl being able to be synthesized in um, basically chemistry labs. And that's what um, is being done in some countries um, where maybe controls aren't quite so good and uh, those drugs are ultimately being shipped to other places throughout the world and uh, the United States is obviously one of those which um, I'm, I'm living in the U.S. So uh, it's, it's a big, big issue. Fentanyl is much, much more potent uh, than heroin. So you'll often hear heroin laced with fentanyl. So when a drug is more potent, you need less of the drug to get the same physiologic effects. So only a tiny amount of heroin needs to be, or excuse me, only a tiny amount of fentanyl needs to be kind of mixed in to dilute out that heroin. So that's kind of the advantage from a drug dealer perspective is you don't necessarily need a lot of it. But the flip side is you've got to be precise with your dosing and in situations where you hear of folks getting a bad batch of heroin laced with fentanyl well 
there's probably way too much fentanyl in there, and it ends up putting whoever took that drug dealer's drugs, whoever took that dose, that's why you hear of, a, of an outbreak or a rash of hospitalizations, because the dose of fentanyl was probably mixed too high, and patients aren't used to that, and they end up overdosing. So just kind of a little bit of background about illicit drug use and, and things that, that I've seen anyway and heard of, um, and why um, fentanyl potency really matters and, and makes a difference. So um, side effects, I mentioned that respiratory depression, CNS depression is, is common, you know, so sedation. So an overdose um, situation, it's going to kind of zonk people out, make them tired. Uh, constipation is a big, big problem with opioids in general. So making sure we're assessing our patients who are taking chronic opioid therapy, that we uh, aren't, you know, causing an obstruction or significant uh, constipation problems that can result. Now, I do want to talk specifically about fentanyl patches. So in long-term care, which I have worked at for many, many years as a pharmacist, I've seen big, big problems with fentanyl patches. So again, fentanyl is very potent. Uh, a 25 microgram patch is approximately equivalent to 60 milligrams of oral morphine per day. So again, the potency is up there. So the risk for potential overdose is absolutely there. Now, fentanyl patches are only meant for chronic use. And the reason they are only meant for chronic use is because they have a very slow onset. You basically put a patch on a patient, the drug slowly absorbs through the skin and into the bloodstream. So that, that definitely takes time for a drug to get through the skin. It takes hours for sure for the drug to, to kind of get through the skin and start getting into the bloodstream. And if you ever see a patient put on a fentanyl patch for acute pain, it should be questioned. It absolutely should be questioned because that patient's not going to feel any better for hours. And that's definitely not appropriate pain management. So that's a big problem with fentanyl patches. Another problem I've seen is escalation of doses too quickly. So if you don't allow that drug to adequately get through the skin and get to steady state, which takes days, maybe even up to a week or two in situations, you're going to end up slamming a patient if you escalate that dose too quickly. So I would say most uh, clinicians will you know, wait two or three patch changes at a minimum before they're increasing a dose of a fentanyl patch, if you've got a, a cancer patient, for example. So um, that, those kinetics really, really complicates things. And then one other issue uh, that I have actually seen as well is uh, withdrawal. So you take away that fentanyl patch, that drug is not going to disappear right away. It's going to have delayed withdrawal. So you're not going to notice withdrawal symptoms from an opioid until hours later, again, because that transit time through the skin, it, it takes a significant chunk of time. 
And then one last issue problem, I mean, it goes with any opioids, but particularly with fentanyl patches, I have seen drug diversion, and I have seen people die, um, people who are generally addicted trying to get their opioids die with fentanyl patches in their mouth. If you go Google search that, um, it, it's definitely something that happens. So um, drug diversion is a, a big, big issue with fentanyl patches. And if you have any missing patches that a patient reports or maybe at your institution that you're working at, take it very, very seriously. Okay. So those are some um, pearls specifically about fentanyl patches that I, I did want to cover. Um, we'll take a, a quick break here, and then I'm going to finish up on uh, drug interactions. So I wanted to um, let you guys know that I, I've got, uh, I believe, a couple of fentanyl cases in the book Pharmacotherapy, which is absolutely free if you've never been an Audible member before, as far as an audio book goes, uh, also on Amazon, but you can look meded101.com slash free book, and I've got the link. It's easy. Just click, and um, if you want to give Audible a try, they give you the first book for free, and you are not obligated to pay them anything if you don't want to continue and um, fall under their, their monthly subscription plan. So it's really a, a no-brainer, good way to get a free book and obviously see if you, you like Audible as well. So meded101.com slash free book, I've got that available. So summing up drug interactions, uh, there are a fair number with um, fentanyl. Probably the highest risk interactions I want you guys to be aware of are with drugs that have additive uh, CNS depressant type effects. So um, I think of benzodiazepines, I think of drugs that um, are used to treat insomnia, like Z drugs, like Ambien, things like that. Maybe some older skeletal muscle relaxants like cyclobenzaprine that can really have additive type effects to the side effects of fentanyl. Um, other potential drug interactions, uh, fentanyl is metabolized by 3A4. Uh, that's a CYP enzyme, so you may see some interactions there. Classic CYP3A4 interactors, uh, so azole, antifungals, so things like ketoconazole, oral, um, cimetidine is another classic example, uh, erythromycin, clarithromycin, uh, really drugs that can significantly uh, impact CYP3A4 and may alter uh, the metabolism of fentanyl. Uh, there have been uh, associations with serotonin syndrome and serotonin-related drugs and fentanyl, so that's something to keep in the back of your mind. Uh, clinically, honestly, in, in, in clinical practice, I've never seen that happen, um, but if you look at the literature, there's definitely reports of it. So I think it's definitely something to be aware of, uh, particularly maybe in patients who are already on a bunch of other uh, serotonergic-type uh, drugs. Uh, on the side effect profile, I do also think of constipating-type uh, medications. So uh, if you've got um, older anticholinergics, TCAs, uh, so hydroxazine, let's say, um, diphenhydramine, and then TCAs, things like amitriptyline, these drugs are very, very constipating, and obviously so are opioids and fentanyl um, in particular here is what, what we're talking about. So um, definitely think about some of those drugs and monitoring and asking your patients about constipation as well. 
So I think that sums up uh, today's episode, reallifepharmacology.com. I've got the free 31-page top 200 uh, giveaway absolutely free for subscribing. Um, And basically what you're going to get is emails when I've got a new podcast out uh, and or any, you know, newer or updated uh, changes to the the website there. So uh, reallifepharmacology.com, go uh, check that out. Uh, Thank you so much if you're leaving a a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. That is so greatly appreciated. And I love hearing from you guys as well. So um, you can hit the contact button on uh, reallifepharmacology.com and uh, track me down there if you've got suggestions, ideas, uh, questions, or or concerns. I do my best uh, to get through all the the emails that I can. So uh, signing off for today. Thanks for listening. Take care. Hope you have a great rest of your day.